This episode of At Scrambling University brought to you by the LOTS Project. That's living outside the systems of control. You can find out more about their project by hooking up with them on a bunch of social media. Look for them on YouTube, Odyssey, Float, Rumble, pretty much anywhere free speech is allowed. So what is this project living outside the systems of control? Well, what if you had a little extra space on your land or an extra plot out of town or some some scrub land that you don't use? Well, you get in touch with the LOTS project, basically make an agreement to set up a hip camp on your extra land. They manage the hip camp for you at different degrees. They can do it all or just set it up or, or lots of different ways. Um, but it, it's about turning that into a place to camp to generate a little revenue to pay your property taxes or to put in your pocket. And by joining the lots project as an owner and kicking a lot into the project to be rented on hip camp for income, you also get reciprocity with all the other owners of lots in the project. So if you're camping or traveling across the country, you no longer have to even consider staying in a, a KOA or a, a, you know, free camping on, on federal land with who knows what next door to you. Uh, you are now in a group where all the owners share reciprocity rights with each other and rent out their land on hip camp with absolutely no hassle by just turning it over to the lots project and letting them handle all the customer interactions and hard work. They just send you revenue at the end of a quarter. All right, well, get over there to the lots project. Click on the old, uh, give, them, give them your information, let them get back with you. Now, on with the show. The fuck's the maraca? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. You've made another scramble in university. Maybe a bad decision to do for another hour, but maybe you got a long drive and you're trapped in a steel cage. So on with the show. Uh, today's show is going to be an interview show. Uh, we got Keith Heisinger waiting in the wings who's going to talk to us about unschooling. But there's been some huge uh, shit rolling with crypto, so you should know about it. Uh, Check this out. So crypto to U.S. dollar as of last night, 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Uh, so Bitcoin's busting through like 44,000. Ethereum's around 3,100. Uh, 3, All right. Then you got Litecoin above. It's uh, two-week average, 127. You've got uh, Monero right above its two-week average of 202 and look at that you got bitcoin cash just crushing it furthest above its average but which is really interesting i plot all these against bitcoin because fuck the dollar um but if you look at this uh uh you're talking uh litecoin now is significantly weaker against bitcoin so if you're avoiding getting in and out of fiat and you're employing a strategy of moving to the weakest 
uh, crypto at the moment, right? And as it pops up back to its its average strength against Bitcoin, then boom, to the next weakest one. Yeah, it might be a strategy. Might not. <laughs> it's gambling. Red, black, red, black. Keith's seen me play the game. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He lived through my days of beating the roulette wheel and, uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. So, uh, uh, crypto shenanigans is done. Uh, Wednesday guest show. We're going to do, uh, topics that are meaningful to people and that could maybe teach you something if you pay a little bit of attention between the comedy. Um, so I heard, uh, I heard, uh, okay, so Jack Spearco Survival Podcast is why I started podcasting. I've been listening to him for like 13 years. Um, um, during the whole pandemic bullshit, their kids had to work, right? But their grandkids were at home. And it was kind of a, 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 a back and forth between Jack's wife and the kids as to whether they were capable of teaching the grandkids or sufficiently or not, right? And uh, um, one of the homeschool moms got in the middle of it and was like because dorothy didn't think she could teach the grandkids well enough to like tell the kids like we fucking got this you know drop them off we got it we got it. uh so one of the homeschool moms told her look if a kid doesn't want to learn a thing it doesn't matter what you fucking do they won't learn it period they will never learn it and if they want to learn it there really isn't anything you can do they're going to figure it out. And once that one sentence got into her brain, it changed everything. It just, boom, she finally figured it out that it wasn't the thing or the whatever they're in. It was completely dependent on their action, the kid themselves, right? And boom, unlocked. <laughs> that got their kid at least out of the fucking system and into Excellus. Um, and now Jack makes it a game every day for like... Uh, you know, your life is all yours, except for what you owe the fucking system for your parents. So you could get this done in 10 minutes or five hours, and then we can go play with BB guns in the backyard. So pick, you know, and, and the kid's like, oh, fuck off and running. And uh, so his little sister, I think he's like, mm, I think he's like eight or nine or whatever, but I think his little sister's just getting into the schooling age. And uh, she wasn't supposed to be doing anything, but they opened up an account for her, too, because she wanted to play school. So yeah. now she's just ripping through grades. Right. Right. <laughs> she's not even supposed to be in school. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. So that's my opening to like think differently. Think differently. All right. So uh let's see. Oh shit. I need we should start with coffee. We should start with coffee. So oh yeah, it's just so everybody knows. I've known Keith for fucking ever. <laughs> Yeah, since we didn't have a two before our name. Yeah, no shit, man. No shit. Uh, uh, so yeah, yeah, we've taken the long, crazy paths. Uh, so we'll get back to this. So we're going to talk about unschooling. Yeah, what that really means like the whole depth of it. We got time. Uh, but, fuck, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking some Guatemalan uh, food forest farms right here. Okay, so you got uh, that is the that's the very very end of the Mount Flores Guatemala because uh, it blew up. Uh, so, like ten yeah. more years, we'll get that back. How did I roast that? 
Oh, dark, a little darker than I'm used to getting from you. So oh, that's the Guatemalan dark. No, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been playing around with. I've been playing around with all my coffees, kind of pushing them out to the edge a little bit, just for fun. Yeah, it, it's. I like a little darker roast, to be honest. So yeah. Um, okay, the so the roast flavor. I kind of find kind of acidic, so the yeah, kind of ride ride okay. better for me. They're more chocolatey. And you Chemex it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Chemex. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a great way to. Yeah, I'm so. Yeah, I do that. the Chemex in the morning, and then I do the Aeropress for my nighttime cup. Okay. Do you find the Aeropress over extracts? No. Why? Why? Do you grind it a, a more coarse on purpose? It's. I use the same grind as I do for the Chemex. Okay. But with the Aeropress, I mean, I'm only. It's only in there for two minutes, so. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. You short, you shorten the brew time. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you've yeah. increased the pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get a real nice. I like, I like the coffee I get out of that. I get a real nice cup out of that. That That's, would make sense, right? Because a shorter brew, so you're not over extracting it, and the pressure's helping it get the job done a little faster. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my yeah. night coffee routine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. So shit. Uh, I'm trying to think. We had kids about the same time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mine are, mine are a couple. Mine are a couple years older. So mine older. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. Yours were a little bit older. So you got to go into the schooling thing first. Yeah. And at that time, what you were living downtown Chicago still? Yeah. 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 So the public school option was going to be pretty hairy. Yeah. I mean that's. You know, to, my wife and I debate about what got us into thinking differently about education, right? Because yeah. like, I went to public school. I went to a public university. I was pretty good at school. I can follow directions and, you know, well, you went to public school. they want on the tests. You were kind of rural, right? Yeah, rural. Yeah, Southeastern yeah. Michigan. Okay, so like high school was probably, what, like 500 people? hundred uh, Less than 150. Yeah. Okay, so still like so you so you still had like small town school like my graduating class was like eleven hundred yeah, like no, four thousand people high school. Knew, everybody was, knew everybody in our school. Yeah, it was very small. Yeah, so you had the good experience of high school, not the prison version. Yeah, yeah and you I, still chose to get the fuck out. Of it. I mean, I I had no problem with high school. Like you know, I played sports. I had friends. You know, it was small town. It was great and. Uh, I mean, I was wasn't I like I didn't dislike it. Let me put it that way, right? It's school, right? right. It was school, but I didn't dislike it, um, right? And then went to college, Michigan State. You know that um, that was fine. You know, I, I loved college. That was great. But when uh, my wife and I were um, looking at having children, as you said, we lived in Chicago. And so the concept of public schools in Chicago was very scary, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the so, <news> porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, and private school is very expensive. And then our and our oldest daughter was born. She was born with uh, high frequency hearing loss. Wow. Right. Wow. And so we knew she was going to have hearing aids for her whole life. And we're like, okay, that's going to be perhaps a challenge for her and learning in that environment as well. So we started looking, looking into looking at education and learning in a way that I never 
had even crossed my mind before. And as you said, it kind of blows your mind when you really dig into, well, what is this whole thing that we just assume is how it has to be? What's that all about? And it's a manufactured construct, right? It has no, has no basis in the best way for humans to learn. It's a construct to develop these system, kick out the widgets to go work in the system and, you know, funnel the most of them through it in the most efficient way. Oh yeah. I don't want to rail on public schools. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, it is a system. It's a system. It's very good at processing lots and lots and lots of kids through. Right. Right. If you're perfectly average, you probably get through unscathed. It's not, I don't buy into the, to the some people that get into alternative schooling sort of you know portray the public systems as you know evil or so to speak and, and I don't feel that that's the case I think that there are a lot of really well-intentioned people that are involved in public schools I just think that if you want to really think about things a little bit more deeply you start to identify that there are better ways for some people um, to pursue you know raising their kids and, 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 you know, learning, right? Yeah. We were just talking about learning last week with somebody that called in. I think they were talking about, Oh, is it, I was asking him if they're auditory or visual learners. Oh, it was Tim, the tool man uh, mm-hmm. last Wednesday's expert show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like he's like, nah, I gotta be touching shit. Like I learn anything, but I gotta be fidgeting with stuff thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And that doesn't go over well. With yeah. How, do, how does that person? <laughs> no, you're going to sit there because it's two o'clock. And at two o'clock, we learn about math. (laughs) I don't care that you want to read Shakespeare. We do that at three. It's now two. Right. Right. And And that's what Tim and I were getting into. No, you can't do that. We don't do that until one o'clock. And right now it's time for lunch. So you're going to eat. Yeah. Not following any. Yeah. Teaching yourself, right? Not to follow your flow. That's the whole point of it. Like, you know, when I talk to people about learning and education, like, you know, other family, young families, right? That with right, younger right. kids and whatnot. Yeah. Now that you've been through it, are you, you're kind of coaching people or people come to you because they know your yeah. kids stay yeah, outside? Yeah, yeah. We're still involved with the, the school that we helped start. So I can tell you about that. But yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get to the whole story. <laughs> one of the, the key things that I always tell people to think about is, when you're a young parent, you're very um, ignorant, right? Like you don't know anything because you don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and the system is telling you you're going to enroll your kids in pre-kindergarten and then you're going to enroll in the public school. And if you don't, they're going to fall behind and they're going to have a horrible life and it's going to be all you your fault. The waiting list for the preschool. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so what I tell people is if they start asking me questions, I said, well, what do you really want for your kids, right? What do you want them? To, what do you want for them, right? Right, and, like what's the start, goal or where's the, that was Friday's right. show, like charting a course, set the destination, yeah. like, like where you, are you going? You want them to get gold stars? No, you don't care about the gold stars. The gold stars are just a, a um, they're, they're a symptom. Right. Like what you want 
is you want your kids to be happy adults, right? That's what you right. want. You want them to be happy adults. How do you get them there? How do you get them to be happy adults? Yeah, start so with the end what, in mind. You got a better chance of getting there. Right. Right, right. Like you, you know, forget about this. Like, oh, they're going to fall behind. They're not going to get into the best school. What if they do? What if they get into the best school and are miserable? Right. Right. Yeah. What happens when you get? Yeah, yeah. You did all that work to get into the place. It's so common. It's so common, right? With these, you get these kids that are put into these high stress environments. Oh, dude, Michigan State. I was supposed to go to like the hotel restaurant school, right? <laughs> and I didn't get into fucking Cornell because you know the right strings didn't get pulled. Michigan State was like rated number one program wise over Cornell. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I went there. I quit that fucking. You remember that? I quit in 24 hours the second day. <laughs> oh, 13 years of revving up to get to that one fucking thing, taking the right test to get to the right thing, to fucking right. piece the right guy, to write the right essay, to get into that program. And it literally lasted one fucking day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Yeah, and look yeah. at you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck. Well, you're, but you're happy, right? Oh, like you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're a satisfied adult. Of course, you're not like, you know, it, it's not to say this is going to result in some sort of like eternal bliss, right? But you, you, you're happy in your life. You're pursuing the things that bring you joy, and we we deal with struggles and whatnot every day. That doesn't change, but yeah. you don't. Right. Have okay, to now that we got the like where where the end is. Yeah. Happy functioning adult humans that yeah. don't that, want to destroy the planet. That's the end. The end is the journey, right? Yeah. The end is the journey. Okay, now rewind it to the beginning. Okay. And like, how did you find? So you went on the search for like, fuck, now we got humans that we're going to have to educate. And right. now we got a special human that might need a different way of getting her done. Right. How did unschooling pop in and all the myriad of stuff? Uh, well, I mean, this is or what did you go through first or what did you check off and reject and why the rejections are probably better to know about? Yeah. You know, what we did is, um, we started looking into education and learning, right. And read things about Montessori, uh, Waldorf, um, you know, different private schools and their approaches to learning, um, historical stuff. Right. Right. Um, and then stumbled across a couple of writers, um, more modern, but, you know, not modern modern. Uh, one in particular was a guy named John Holt. Okay. And he wrote a couple of seminal books, one called uh, Why Children Fail, and the other one called How Children Learn. And the links are in the show notes. Okay. He yeah. sent me John's stuff. Yeah, and well, that's right. yeah. He, he passed away many years ago now, but his books are still out there. He was prolific in his writing and other people have uh, picked up his legacy and continue to, to write, you know, to try to encourage people because the majority of the population doesn't know about this. They don't think outside the box. I mean, <laughs> I'm not telling you something you don't know, <laughs> right? Or anybody that's listening to this show. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. People that find their way here. You know, I had a kid. I signed him up for kindergarten. They're gone. There you go. Guess what? Free childcare. Yeah, more time for me to go to work in the right, cubicle right. under the sixty hertz lights. Because <laughs> nobody wants to admit that uh, public schools is really government sponsored 
childcare because we don't want to pay for government sponsored childcare. But schools are okay. It clearly, man, it's my favorite thing of Excellus Academy. Yeah. It clearly delineates now the cost of education, the, the purest, straightest, easiest, quickest path, right? Yeah. $80 a month. That's what it costs to educate flawlessly a human in the United States right now to a standard. $80 yeah. a month. Yeah. The rest is childcare. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So of the eighteen or just sixteen thousand dollars that your municipality spends on your little angel, right? right. Nine hundred dollars of it is education. Right. Seventeen thousand two hundred dollars is well, yeah. administration <laughs> and programming. So, so in so in reading the the stuff that John Holt talked about, the thing that really struck me was, um, you know, he, he and it's. It's been a long time, right? So Kim's 23 now, going yeah. on 24 in the summer. So it's been a long time since I read his stuff. It doesn't live under a bridge in a box. <laughs> <laughs> but but his one of the core things that he said, pointed out, was is that humans are born learners. You know, right? Like, right. you're born, you come out as glob of flesh and... All of a sudden, you know, a few months later, you learn how to crawl. Now, I, like, what sort of coercive process did your parents use to get you to learn how to crawl, right? Like, they had to convince you. Did they give you gold stars when you were crawling? Or, like, no. You, Some helicopters do. <laughs> they're, they're, Just throwing me. gold stars. Right? Like, yeah. you're a human. You want to, like, I want to get from here to there. How am I going to do that? I got to figure it out. So you struggle and you fall and you roll over and then you learn how to crawl and then then you learn how to walk. Oh my God! You learn how to stand up on two feet and get from here to there. That's dangerous. That's way more efficient than crawling. So you you learn how to do it. Kids, they le we learn how to speak right and understand language. Yes. Without so you don't go to school for that. By the time you go to school, you already know how to talk. Yeah. And understand language, right? We are born biologically with a desire to learn as humans. It's the the life that we live that drives that out of us, right? Takes it out of you. Like, okay, now learning is something that's done to me, not something that I do for myself. Right. And then that's where things start to break down. Time to learn. Right. <laughs> Time to unplug. Right. 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 People like literally intentionally say that now. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, I literally turned my brain off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, so that, you know, that sort of concept opens your eyes to like, oh, wait a minute. So maybe there, there's better ways to do this. You're right. This, we are born that way. We don't need to have this coercive learning project. Um, and then that just leads down a whole rabbit hole of ways to do that. So, okay, if you say, I, I So once you go non-coercive as the first cleaver of, right, of the right. bifurcation, right? right? Coercive learning and not, yeah, because Montessori kind of followed that. That was our whole path, right, of let the child do the path but they still have like pretty much bumper cars right yeah 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 it's a, so as you as you you know you take some of these core concepts and you say what do i really want for my 
kids, right? I want them to be a happy adult, to, to have a sense of fulfillment in their life. That's, that's the end goal. Um, I recognize that they have an innate, an innate desire to learn. So I want to continue to cultivate that. I want them to retain that for their life, not, you know, cross themselves into a system where, as you say, they go to work and then they go home and they watch TV and they don't ever continue learning. They don't have that joy in it. It, it goes out of them. So I want them to continue to have that joy of learning without any judgment on what it is that they're learning, right? If they want to learn about coffee, if they want to learn about beer, if they want to learn about Japanese animation or, you know, yeah. rocket ships, I don't care. Whatever it is that, that's of interest to you, just pursue it. Go Warp on. drive propulsion. Yeah. Yes. They solved that shit last week, just so you know. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to hit catch up on that. Um, so, so with that, then you start to say, okay, well, what are the what are the legal things that you can do? Because different states have different rules. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know, because if you want to like <coughs> out of the school system and not enroll in some states, you're going to get people knocking on your door from you know the child family services saying, "Hey, why is your kid not enrolled in school?" Yeah, each state's way ahead. Did you have to do stuff in Illinois? Illinois is pretty uh, pretty liberal in that regard. So you just don't put him. In- in at the beginning and then the 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 knocky knock trail just goes away yeah i mean you you have to the the state law says you have to uh teach them you know certain generic concepts right read and write but nobody they don't enforce there's no enforcement of it okay there's no like state test you got to take at the end or whatever like you don't have to take any tests or anything you don't have to you don't have to produce a curriculum. Like some states will say, if you don't want to be in the school system, then you have Show to us the curricula. give them the curriculum. And, you know, all different. So different states have different laws on what you can do. Um, and then, you know, if you, you take, you say, okay, I'm going to pull outside of the public or even private school system and pursue our own educational path. Damn. Now there's still myriad other options that you can pursue, right? Some people are pursuing, uh, religious education you know? right like home people say homeschooling and when we first started talking about homeschooling you know people that i know thought we were like going down the religious path they're like no 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 we're, we're not homeschooling so that we can teach evolution or not evolution right um we're right. well it's different too because once you choose not to teach for coercion right then the other the other cleave that i would see would be the next cleave would be teaching for like you get learning for yourself to, to better your individual right yeah why are you gaining knowledge for yourself Right. Make yourself better and then make everything else better, right? Or if you're part of a biggest religious institution, you might want them to take on the identity of you are teaching them to be part of the group and to be a bee and a, a worker and sacrifice yourself. Right, right. So, That's exactly right. So, like, yeah, yeah, there's a little woo, watch out. Well, yeah. And so, so sometimes when you talk about, you know, being a homeschooler or an unschooler or whatever, you get these groups that get can get really lumped together, right? Right, so people, right. People and I can see our, how they might even get heated, but everyone else thinks they're lumped together. Think they're lumped together, right? So this family over here step. is is you know pulled out out of the system because you know they don't 
believe in evolution and therefore they want, you know, they want their kids to believe that the earth was created in seven days and blah, blah, blah you know, whatever or whatever. The right. To join is. that tribe, they're going to have to believe that. Right. Or a cult. Right. Or it could be well, anything. Tribe. I call them tribes. But yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so there's that group. And then so what you have to do and what we did is <laughs> find the people that are um, approaching education in the same way that you are, whether that's unschooling or some variation of that. Um, that are that are really more trying to find a, a non-coercive way to help your kids get from childhood to adulthood, retaining the love of learning. And really the thing like I always wanted my kids to learn was you can learn anything you want if you're willing to do the work for it. Right. Right. It might involve some bleeding and crying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't tell me you don't know how to do that or you can't do it. You just haven't spent the time yet. And if you don't want to spend the time, then you're not going to be able to do it. You know, well, so these these are sort of the core things that I felt like would transition from being a child that's told what to do into an adult that had, can pursue their own path. So if if the kids are giving given that freedom and runway to find their own path while they're young. They don't have to go from, okay, you know, 12 years of school or, you know, public school and high school and then maybe college. And then they get out of there and they're like, well, now what do I do? Nobody's telling me what to do anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's like the first week freshmen that are just going home in coffins because they just discovered what a keg party was. Right. Right. Look. Fuck yeah, you should have got a little bit of ramp up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adulthood and rent and all that when you get out, like holy shit, bills. Yeah, nobody's teaching them how to do like the real life like budget. Right. Ahead. Set goals. Mm -hmm. That that's why I love the Excellus thing. Uh the to get the to get the tuition down to 80 bucks, you have to agree to listen to Rogers uh weekly one hour talks and they're all goal setting. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How to chop projects up and whatever, you know, right. just yeah. make, make things like doable. But it, yeah. 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 So okay, so so you realized you wanted to help on be individuals to maximize their potential, right? So now you didn't want to be in service to a collective. So now you got to find a collective of other individualists to get your kids <laughs> schooled, right? Well, because you don't know everything. No, I mean, some people, so, you know, so within alternative education, there are different options, right? Some people do homeschool yeah. where they do school at home and they say, okay, we're going to, you know, buy a curriculum or develop our own curriculum and follow this. And we're going to, you know, follow a path where our kids are, have grades and, you know, all of that kind of stuff because they feel that's be best for them. Uh, traditional school at home. Right, traditional school at home, right? Uns where unschooling comes in is uh, it's kind of a combination of things. One, unschooling carries with it that connotation of somebody coming to it after being in school, right? And they have to be unschooled. So they have to be taken out of the system, right? Yeah, like the matrix, right? You, oh, remember, like, you get out of the system. They don't know what to do, know how to 
do anything, right? So you have to unschool kids by get them out of the system. And, you know, sometimes that creates some, some tension, right? There's some, you're not, you're not going to go from being told what to do every day and doing math at two o'clock and eating lunch at 1130 and, you know, all of this to all of a sudden saying, okay, Hey, you do whatever you want. You know, people yeah, I guess coming from that and then they try it and then they're like, well, wait a minute. All the kids did was just sit around and play video games all day and he didn't learn anything. He's not interested in learning anything. I'm like, well, yeah, you have to give them time to get bored with that. Yeah, because your kids never were in the school to have to get over the like, okay, okay, new way, new way. Yeah, so I suppose, yeah, if you're here learning about unschooling and you, you're going to do it. There's a transition uh, period. Patience. Yeah, I would say like, man, although it didn't work, I like bought all kinds of real musical instruments, like real drum sets, real guitars, sprinkled them everywhere. They wouldn't effing touch them. Yeah. I, I was like, you know, I got, I might just go buy some fishing poles and let them go down to the lake for a few months and just do nothing but go catch fish. But of course, as soon as you buy the fishing poles, they're not going to do it because you, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So do nothing. <laughs> let them do well, that. Well, let them lead. Let them any, lead, right? I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? It's getting. <sighs> creating those two that's part of the reason why this is not for everybody right, right. i mean there right. there is there are people <laughs> that have really horrible home situations right right this is not right for them for them some those kids some of those kids at school is an escape right right. Um, right and so you know it's not trying to say that unschooling or alternative education is the best thing for everybody but if you have a home where you can provide a positive environment where kids feel safe, right? They're not like scared that something bad's going to happen every day. Then, you know, really positive things can happen. And I think sprinkling those things around like you're talking to and getting kids introduced to it is a positive. And that's how we raised our family, right? It's like, let's go do something. Yeah. Uh, but you can't, the trick is you have to be willing to say, okay, yeah, they didn't touch the drum set that I bought. Oh, well, it's sitting there. Yeah, off she goes. Hopefully, well, yeah, yeah. I, I get everything on Craigslist, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. Another kid got a deal, just same as I got that one. So. Right? It's, it's, it's that process of exposing them to those things that can help them find their own path. Yeah, yeah. That's like the, the three of them got taken up snowboarding, right? And like one of them. One of them loves it. The other two, bah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my kids don't like any of the things I like. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. But it's okay. <laughs> I tried and they didn't like it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make them sign up for sports, but you know, we tried some sports and they don't like it. So wow. Oh, well. All right. Uh, you got to get into anime. <laughs> Yeah, I've kind of met them halfway, so I like start to, you know, pay attention, enjoy some of the things that they enjoy. Yeah, that totally. Well, yeah, because they, yeah, that's it. You gotta let them have. They, you gotta let them do. Kind of get bored with being bored. Don't entertain them, right? Not your job to entertain them, right? Right. It probably helps not to have. A, God, how do you not have a TV now, though? Because it's the computer, which the computer is the TV. Because they don't watch shows; they watch clips. That's right. Ah! Yeah, and that that is, you know, that's something that I've uh, have thought about a lot, and have talked with other people about in this in this realm is 
how does this theory hold up when we have so many readily available tools to entertain us in a passive way, right? So a lot of this philosophy is based on the fact that, well, you're going to get bored after a while and you're going to go learn something or do something because you're going to get bored. Well, that was before the time of perpetual passive entertainment. Well, (laughs) I could stream, you know, videos for years. (laughs) Ridiculous. Right, right. So, but I, I think that I think I think what I came to believe is that uh, you can't change who your kids are. Right? They will be who they will be. You can influence it, right? You can nudge them in one direction or another. Um, and if they're going to be the kind of person that's just, you know, is a couch potato and is is happy working. Uh, you know, at the Seven Eleven, because that pays just enough to do what they want to do. You can't change that. There are that there are some people that are that way, and that's just who they are. So, right. Yeah. And if they're super stoked and happy, yeah, right. Which uh, goes back to the beginning, right? What do you want them to have? What's your goal? Right? <laughs> if you want them to be a doctor. You're probably going to be disappointed, and so are they. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's the whole. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, if if you set yourself up so early though to not have an expensive way of life, you can get away with doing so much different stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. you know, like knock out your housing first. I I was like, God, when they were in ninth grade, I was begging them all to go buy their first plot of land, like. Mm-hmm. Seriously, yeah. like you could go buy five acres for like three to like ten thousand dollars. Like you literally like work in your part-time job when you graduate, you could flip everybody off, move over there, charge some other fuckers rent, and go to community college and be cash flow positive day two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they went through the system system, right? So they were stuck on that track of timeline. I'm like, okay, this is the day, this is your freedom date. You could have it set up so you literally are set up to yeah. anything. But you, yeah. know, but nobody you, you can't uh, but you can't you can't make them do it, right? I mean, you know, you can't. No, you're like, this is the way to the easy button. Ah, whatever. Can't make them push it. Yeah, oh it's so push. Right. Okay, so so let's see. So they're getting old. So yeah, how to you actually started. A school that's unschooling. That whole thing is just the coolest story. Okay, tell that story. Yeah, so um, so we started off, as we started learning about education and whatnot, we liked the concept of unschooling. So that gave us the freedom to be like, okay, well, we don't have to move out of the city of Chicago. We now have a plan. Um, and so we started off homeschooling with an unschooling attitude towards that meaning we weren't developing a curriculum you know they would learn naturally through living their lives of doing things that they needed to do right like kids want to play games or video games they're going to learn some math from that because they have to uh right you want to play monopoly you got to learn how to count you actually do right so you know we didn't teach our kids to read or anything they just learned it because they needed to you know, we're there for to help, 
right? But there's no, you know, two o'clock we're doing math. So, so we started doing that. Um, and, you know, we lived in Chicago, so there's plenty of people around. Yeah. There's so much museums and art. Right. But we, but we, there were still some, uh, some tensions with having, uh, you know, I have two daughters and my wife was home and, you know, three women in the house. And even if they are younger, there's still some tension with that. And uh, at some point we got connected with a, a woman and some other people, but primarily this woman, Melissa Bradford, who was um, starting a school based on something called the Sudbury model. Okay. And Sudbury is a, a school that was started in the mid '60s in Sudbury, Massachusetts, um, based on this concept of taking the unschooling ethos of saying there's no classes, there's no tests, there's no teachers. You learn what you want to learn, but putting that into an environment with other uh, like-minded kids, students, right? Put them in an environment where there is age mixing. So everyone from four or five years old to 18 years old is there on this property doing whatever they want all day long. But there's a catch. The catch is with freedom comes responsibility. And so the kids actually run the school. So they set the policies. They set the you know, consequences for breaking the rules. They set what the rules are. They set all of these things. And so it puts them in a position of experiencing life of, you know, having to make rules like, Hey, you know, like, like you all had a roommate, yeah, you know, your roommate who's like cooks lasagna in the microwave and blasts sauce all over the microwave every day and never, ever cleans it out. Like, you're like, okay, we're gonna have to have some rules because <laughs> when you make dishes or you in the dresser drawer. <laughs> yeah, so you know, humans yeah. need rules to interact with each other. And so they learn that and they learn the process of like, okay, compromise. Like, all right, you want you don't want to clean up, but I want it cleaned up. So how could you know? Oh, an administration. Yeah, yeah. And you're letting them feel the full weight of every rule because if you make the rule now you got to enforce it right yeah oh, and they do yeah. the enforcement as well so right. you know somebody in this school environment if one of the kids breaks a rule or one of the staff members who are the adults breaks a rule one of the other kids can document that it comes before a judicial committee which is made up of students who investigates the breaking of the rule determines what should be done about it if it was really happy so they process everything from start to finish um the staff yeah. that are involved are there to be um assets right right and Which it's all work. voluntary interaction right so, so if you want to yeah. you know you try to get creative people there or people that are smart and so that students can say hey i want to learn this right the staff member who's an adult can help them find the resources to do that. Um, and in the world that we're in today, where educational tools are, you know, two seconds away from anything you want to learn is doo -doo -doo -doo, there it is. You know, yeah, uh, the ridiculousness of now having 
bruh, being able to get like the world's best whomever like on the Zoom and like literally the end of the afternoon. Like, right. hold on, we'll have a class this afternoon on that. Right. 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 Wow. So um, so yeah, so we really we did a lot of research about the Sudbury Valley School and uh, their history and what that was all about and really liked the idea of this bringing together these kids in a, in a group environment where they would have the freedom to do the unschooling and learn whatever they want, whenever they want, but also go through the process of learning how to live with other people that right. aren't their parents on a day-to-day -day basis. Since right? they're going to have to graduate into real life eventually. Right. And right. deal with right. committees and stuff. It's real life training wheels, right? Yeah. Okay, so what about these? Okay, so they're not teachers. Uh, the facilitating folk, where did they come from mostly? How often did they stick? Like you guys weren't like given a shit about accreditations, I wouldn't think, right? You wanted knowledge and like helpfulness or tell the story. Yeah, how do you find helper people yeah um yeah so the the school is not accredited right so you can you're not seeking seeking state sanction because you're right, voluntary right. association association right yeah yeah the state would want to like see your curriculum and see your <laughs> test results and all of that that's great you certify yourself Got right it. yeah <laughs> so we come up with uh, a process of how do you get a diploma from a Sudbury school which is an ongoing ever evolving debate but um because because a Sudbury school says we will not make any judgment on you right you do yourself right? you i do would do yourself. my own diploma when i'm ready right so <laughs> if you, so how do you say well okay you've you know, earned a diploma from something that's not making a judgment on you well i would say if you could feed clothe and keep yourself you know not a jail you graduated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, this there is sort of kind of where the discussion comes down. Like, anyway, that's a whole nother rap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's my line. But the, uh, <laughs> well, I have to support you. <laughs> the staff people come from all different walks of life. I know across the, there are several of these types of schools based on the Sudbury Valley School. So people have spun it into their own. Because oh, yeah. they right because they're probably not so tight on control because the whole thing's like yeah so right. like the, the in Chicago area uh, this woman Melissa Bradford's her name she was a, she was a public school teacher okay um, that had her own family and decided that she wanted to pursue another path and wanted to start this Sudbury Valley this how great, long did she Sudbury teach public school. I want to say she was a teacher for 10 years. Like, okay, more than a year. So she yeah, had yeah, 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 the no. internal workings. Correct. Before. Yeah, yeah, good. That's good. And so, you know, that that helped too, right? It helped uh, mm -hmm. give some credibility in the sense that you have somebody who was an educator. And it probably, when you're trying to sell the school. Because right. you know, it's kind of a hard sell to say, oh. hey. Nothing's more passionate than a flipped patriot, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 She'll, she'll tell you why she made the decision for her kids. And that's not selling, but it really is the best. So. Right. Yeah. It's just sharing your story, right? But it, yep. it's a hard sell to to get parents to get off the treadmill. Oh, the fun not, is unreal. 
like, wait a minute, how, how am I going to know that my kids are learning if they don't bring home report cards and we don't have uh, parent-teacher conferences? And think of the, think of the industry, how much money is around all of it. It's unreal. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they would have psyops and, I mean, it is the union that is untouchable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I don't know. I, I think that's. I think that's starting to break down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is. It is. I mean, because they when they sent all the kids home, right? Then quality of education that was happening, and they realized they were really getting forty minutes out of an eight-hour day. <laughs> Like you couldn't, you can't hide it when the parents are like, like looking, go, like you can't, like, uh, I think that was a huge wave. <laughs> it, it, think of, yeah. And the other half of the wave hasn't hit yet. Right. Cause the thoughts been processed. Right. Just haven't figured out the why or the how or the exactitude yet, or have that next kid. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be a, I wouldn't want to be dependent on public teacher dues and pension <laughs> yeah yeah oh, so how often did they use um uh, like remote well your guys you guys you guys were done a while ago probably a lot before all the video stuff started yeah about going out and getting experts or did they just go to the library mostly or google or how did yeah. they yeah how did the school internals work most days if you were just hanging out watching yeah there was um all the resources that you mentioned, right? There's the library. There were you know, the other adults that were there to facilitate something if they needed a resource. Um, it, this is another, another perfect example. Good, good leading question. Right? <laughs> say, there, was, there was a time when um, when my girls were both at the school, and a couple of the other kids wanted uh, some kind of computer for something, right? Like for a gaming thing or something. I don't know what they. I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, so we need this. In order for them to get that, right, they had to create a proposal, bring it to this body called the school meeting. When the school meeting is the entity that makes all of the rules, spends the budget, right? Okay. So there's budget there to do special things. So they had to put together a presentation, come to the school meeting, explain why they thought the school should invest their money in this tool, this computer that they wanted. Uh, you know, then the school meeting sends them back and says, okay, how much is it going to cost? Where are you going to get it? What can, what are the other options? You know, like the types of things that you might do if you were going to do that yourself. Right. What so here they you? are learning through that process of you have limited resources. They can be allocated to this or that. Why should we allocate it to this thing that you want versus, you know, the other kids, they want pink ponies for everybody. So these are your computer. Which one's better? Did they ever go down the rabbit trail of like, how much shit can we get for free? Cause we're a school. <laughs> um, I would say no. I mean, we oh. got plenty of things for free, but, it was not, I mean, not acquiring stuff just for the purpose of acquiring stuff. No, but if you're starting an unschool out there, folks, uh, yeah, good publicity, right? Uh, yeah. like 
people are upgrade corporations upgrade so much. so being down here by boeing by all the aerospace manufacturing yeah man they're on the cutting edge of all this laser cutters and all that stuff so mm -hmm. yeah the high schools are getting this gen 2 stuff right that they've they've amortized they need it out of the building you know they can right. they, they can sell it for me or yeah. they can donate it and get the local hometown press for delivering the super cutting edge 3d whatever to the high schools sure yeah absolutely so yeah yeah ask for resources from businesses folks out there yeah thinking yeah. about how to exactly. yeah I mean, that's and then like, share the resource once you get it right 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 <laughs> go find a way i mean that's what it's about right with the school like it's a if you want something, go find a way to do it and then come back and tell everybody else the way that you found so that we can have more than one person assess your methodology. And, oh, right. you know, so maybe, hopefully there's somebody else in that room that says, hey, maybe we should go ask Boeing if they've got any old ones that we could buy cheap or get yeah. us to donate. Right. It's oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. well, it's like okay, you got X hassle in writing the report for the committee, or you could go find it for free and write no letters or committee. You just got to convince them to give it to you. <laughs> go, <laughs> it, it all comes, it all comes oh, back to you. you know, if you want something, figure out how to go get it, right? Create them problem. It's all creative problem solving because that's all everything is all the time, anyway. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I, I, you could tell. I'm a super fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it worked out well. My girls didn't go to, never had a class, <laughs> never took a standardized test. Oh, um, think of all the trauma that right. happened of like, oh, I got to study for that. Yeah. Kim went to community college um, for two years. She did her GED. You know, and then went to the community college for two years. Wait, and you mean they took her money and taught her shit and she didn't have to, like, take a test or anything? <laughs> <laughs> to get in? No, it just, yeah. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then she went and did that for two years and then enrolled at uh, the University of Illinois as a junior, right, after spending doing two years at community college because that doesn't cost, it's basically free. It's so ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, now that we're talking like 15 an hour to like watch the back door, kid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, co college is not like when we were in college, right? Where you could go to a four year school and pay for it for the part time job. Like, yeah. In uh, Illinois, it's almost 40 grand a year to go to the state school. I wonder. I, I have to look. I don't know. At 15 an hour. I think I don't know. I'd have to look at Wazoo when it really is. Yeah. Minus all the well, okay, okay. If you live in a basement to a cross and hang sheets up on the rafters and call them rooms, <laughs> <laughs> right? It becomes a lot more affordable. Yeah, or a lot more yeah. beer drinkable. Right. Right. right, depending on your priorities. But uh, the point I wanted to make is that you know Kim, she chose to go sort of a traditional path after a very untraditional yeah. childhood, you know, went to school, did, she's a really good student, right? Like got all kinds of awards and whatnot. Cause she wanted to learn. She wanted to. Yeah. Like she enrolled herself, right? You probably didn't march her down there and no. sign her up and no, her for getting her thing in late. Right. No. Uh, yeah. no. Like you want to go to school? I, th I think that's probably a good idea. Sure. <laughs>
Yeah. Highly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I love it. You know, and so the the public school system is not the only path to that, you know, to college, or even if it's not college, like my younger daughter, I don't know if she's going to go on to school or not, right? She's doing uh, junior college now, but, you know, we don't know. She'll make that choice herself. Yeah. But if, if that is the path you want to go down, you can go through, you know, four to 18 without having to sit in a classroom all day and be told that it's two o'clock. So we're doing math and it's 1130. So we're eating lunch and have all of that time to explore and learn whatever you want and still be able to come out of that and go to school and get great grades and then come out and get a job if that's what you want to do. Oh yeah. The, with that graphic you sent, that was his, uh, his quote, right? John's quote was about never ending Saturdays. <laughs> that, that was the quote that I used to promo the show. Yeah. yeah. Think about like Saturdays, right? You'd like goof off for like hours in the morning watching cartoons, you know, but at some point the sunshine's like too not resisting like, ah, and then boom, baseball game outside or whatever, running around doing shit, building forts. That's all learning stuff. Yep. <laughs> Arcs, trajectories, yeah. vectors, angles, all of it. It's hard. It's hard for people to accept that. And then right? you gotta feed yourself, been... right? And then you get hungry eventually. Yeah. All that running around. Then you gotta come in and eat. Right. For so and long, people have like... been told that's the only way to do things, and so. Yeah. They're stick with it. And, and it's a Saturday, right? So you don't have to be to work on Monday. So it ain't Sunday. So you don't need to watch. Right. So, <laughs> just, so just to, to yeah. illustrate the point about this is not new. Right? <laughs> so this is this is uh, one of the books called Free at Last. This was written by the guy who started the Sudbury Valley School in okay. Massachusetts, right? Right, right. So this book he wrote, when did he write this book? 19... 19- now, this is 80, 87 but anyway all right so there's a quote in here in the inside cover from 1862 from Tolstoy okay so kind of an educated respected guy this is 1862 he's he writes what is meant by non-interference of the school in learning it means granting students the full freedom to avail themselves of teaching that answers their needs and that they want only to the extent that they need and want it. And it means not forcing them to learn what they do not need or want. I doubt the kind of school I am discussing will become common for another century. It is not likely that schools based on students' freedom of choice choice will be established even 100 years from now. That's 1862. Right, yeah. Like you go back, he he was only thinking of competition of ideas, right? That it that that it would win out because it would win out. He did not add in the calculus of organized unions and thievery of the masses through democracy (laughs) and harnessing the power. the, The public school system as we know it in the U.S., is a very modern construct around the development of societies, not 
it was not based on how kids learn most effectively. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't optimize learning at all. That's not its goal. Well, it's, it's so, so if clear. You find yourself in position to um, try to achieve that more effective learning or more effective path that you see for your kids to go from being a kid to a fulfilled adult, whether that's working at 7-Eleven and playing video games all day, there's nothing wrong with that. If that makes them happy, then Godspeed, <laughs> you know, or they could be a rocket scientist if that makes them happy, if that makes them fulfilled. So yeah. there's no, there's no one only way for everybody that works to get to that end goal. And that's what unschooling is about. Yeah. Hey, look at that. And we're at 58 minutes. <laughs> Ta-da. We landed this bitch on a dime. <laughs> oh, now that's great. Uh, yeah, do we leave anything else out that like, okay, if you want to get with Keith, uh dm me if you're cool enough i'll let you through yeah no. i mean there, there you know there's a million there's, resources yeah there's near you just now you know it exists as yeah. A yeah that's right that's right now you know, it exists. You know it exists oh there's a look at that cavalier everywhere now that i own one yeah 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 start i i recommend anybody that's interested read um so read one of john holt's books John or there's Holt. a bunch of free stuff on his web on that website that you can read to start get it's in get the it's in the comments i put the click through for john's website start there yeah and then talk you know, really you. think about what's the end goal right what do you what are you really trying to achieve start with your kids in mind and then work backwards yeah i love it i love it all right all right well there's some kind of little funny commercial that's going to come up at the end of this trying to sell you some of my great coffee or i don't know maybe some uh oh i was showing it to keith earlier my plain cream plain cream oh, oh yeah yeah here it is here it is hold on plain cream guaranteed to do absolutely nothing but made from the finest usda organic certified hemp all right all not right. only a founder but my first customer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, when shit hurts. Well, no, I can't say that. Oh, when no, it allegedly no, hurts, this will no. do nothing to doesn't help. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. Yes, that's right. Gosh, dang it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can say it does stuff. But uh, anyway, read the reviews online because customers are allowed to say what it does for them and not get me put in jail. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. With that, we're ending the broadcast. Hang on. Oh, geez. Please stand by. <laughs>
Food forest farms would never burn your beans, and they would also never roast your coffee in exhaust gas. Try the finest specialty coffee on the planet. Food Forest Farms Coffee at foodforestfarms.com. Now, if you'd like to make a fantastic deal even better, join the Food Forest Farms Coffee Club. Get two pounds or more delivered on the 15th of the month for the absolute rock bottom price. Also receive two tickets to the Squatch Fest, Food Forest Farms Music and Camping Festival that occurs in May and October each year. That's two tickets for a crew of your choosing. We anticipate that's about a $1,000 value. And you get half off at all of our live events and trainings. We are having a thermal battery greenhouse build party, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. You could save more than your yearly cost by taking the VIP package at half off. Also, the best benefit, consulting services. That old scrambling will run your problem and give you his solution, or at least give you something to think about. So join the coffee club, foodforestfarms.com.